Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky the united soccer coaches board of directors is responsible for determining the association's mission and purpose ensuring effective organizational planning providing financial oversight and determining and monitoring united soccer coaches programming candidates should possess strong leadership and communication skills the willingness to think critically and share ideas, a passion for serving the association, as well as qualities, skills, and attributes that strengthen the diversity of the board of directors. Candidates must be a current member of the association. The vice president will serve for four consecutive years, followed by one-year terms as president and immediate past president, in total six years of service. Board members are expected to attend meetings regularly and contribute to the strategic mission of United Soccer Coaches. The role of a board member can vary depending on committee service and current tasks on the board. However, members can expect to participate in monthly phone calls, weekly monthly tasks, and other official business of the board of directors. Why is that important? Well, Rusty Oglesby, elected to the board in 2020, now heads up the committee seeking new candidates to run for the board this year. In fact, right now, Rusty will open the show to talk about that process. When he is done, we will meet all three people who are running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors right now. They are Sarah Dwyershik from Beacon, New York, Mike Lynch from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Kendall Race from Boiling Springs, South Carolina. United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors election voting opened on January 2nd, 2023. The voting process is done by a third party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 9, 2023 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 2nd. To find out more information on the candidates and the election process, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org, or even better, listen to all three on this edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Sarah, Mike, and Kendall were all asked the same questions with the same parameters. Please listen and vote. Finally, since we are essentially talking about, quote, hiring, unquote, a new member to the board of directors, we end the show returning to the training ground with the great Julie Balke, who heads up the Balke Group. You can learn more about her by going to her website, the Balke Group, spelled B-A-U-K-E group.com, where she is all about making your work life better. Julie will be at the convention in Philadelphia and recently submitted an article for the training ground entitled Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. Develop your interview process, including your interview questions, pointing at getting as close to that perfect 10 as possible. It's an important show. It's a big show. And it all starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. 
We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. Rusty Oglesby was elected to the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors in 2020. He will take over as the president of the United Soccer Coaches in 2024. Rusty has been a dedicated member of the United Soccer Coaches since 2012 and remains a diligent servant to the association with an eye on the future. With that, I welcome Rusty Oglesby as the lead-in to three fine people who are running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Welcome, Rusty. Hey, thank you so much, Dean. I, I appreciate the opportunity always to be here with you. A very dear friend and really appreciate all you do for our association as well. So thank you very much for everything you do for us. Right back at you, sir. And Rusty, you know this process. And because of that, you have taken on a lead role in finding these three candidates. How did you go about taking on that role? It's been a very interesting path, Dean. I actually walked the path myself, obviously, to get here to where I'm at today. I had to go through the nomination process myself and, and actually submitted, I can't remember if it was three or four times before I was finally on the ballot. So I, I'm very familiar with that stress of wanting to be on the ballot and then not getting there and then finally having that opportunity and then magically, in my mind, winning that. Such a great honor in 2020. And so as that happened, Missy Price was kind of coming into her time as the president, and she had been on the nomination committee and overseeing that subcommittee. And she felt it was a position that that I would do well in. I'd, I'd come off of advocacy and, and been the advocacy chair for high school for about six years and was very familiar with our new strategic plans of how we were looking with our, our different pillars and advocacy fell into that. And so I think it was a great time, just as a very natural transition to bring somebody in that position that had a different view of, of what the board could look like, where we could find new leaders of the association. And so uh, she had appointed me as kind of her co-chair for a year, and then she became the president, and then I've stayed on in that role. And and probably in the next year, I'll be looking to do the same thing with one of our new candidates, maybe perhaps this person that's coming on. And so it's going to be an interesting time as we we try to transition those roles ever so often so that it doesn't become stagnant. We don't want it to be Rusty Oglesby's association. We want it to be what the people want. And so that's that's the challenge in this role is to to know that with great power, as they say in Superman, comes great responsibility. This is a very very important position that I hold in very, very high, high regard. Phenomenal answer, Rusty. United Soccer Coaches, as you know, represents all walks of life. And quite frankly, I feel like the three candidates also represent all walks of life. That's obviously one of the challenges that you walk through. And, and just so everybody kind of understands this process a little bit better, this is a self-nomination process. This isn't a Dean Linky has a friend that they would like to be the, the president one day. So you nominate them and, and hope that they accept the role. This is actually uh, the person has to make the initial step and they have to apply by themselves and make the nomination for themselves and fill out all the information. Uh, we revamped the process a couple of years ago when I took over to include a video so that we knew who we were talking to and what we were looking at as far as what their credentials were and, and to give them a chance to talk. And because sometimes just putting it on a piece of paper doesn't make it 
completely who you are, right? And so um, in this role, you have to be able to, to be comfortable in front of a camera and talk to different people and all those things. And so we're looking for all of those things in this process, as well as everything we're challenged to do with the diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, whether that be a female or a male, or uh, it needs to also go beyond gender and beyond color. It's got to move into things such as if we've had two or three high school people to run through the board in the last few years, then perhaps we don't need a high school voice. We need a collegiate voice or a professional voice or someone from the outside looking in. And so there's a lot of factors that go into it as we walk through those matrices to try to determine who these people are. Now, where it gets hairy is if only two people apply, then you have two people apply and that's where you are. But we were very blessed again this year to have eight to 10 people when it was all said and done as we walked through that process that self-nominated. And that gave the committee a great opportunity to really dive into who we were looking for and really kind of see what it was all about as far as putting those people in place that could be really strategic on the board for the coming years. Because it's a huge deal. Six years, once this person wins, you're on for six years. So it's not something we take very lightly at all. It is a huge deal. And we have three great candidates. You'll hear from all three of them after we get done with Mr. Oglesby and Rusty we have always made this part of the election, the United Soccer Coaches podcast interview, the same, exactly the same, to show no favoritism and get to the heart of what each candidate brings. Why are these interviews important for all voting members to listen to? I think it goes back to similar in the way that we we ask them to self-nominate. It's the it's exact same process in that regard. Standard four questions that they have to answer. They bring their experiences into their answer, but it's the same four questions being asked. And, and then that video uh, is only a minute long. So it's very much the same type process of finding the right people. Now, for United Soccer Coaches, to me, I don't even know if I knew what I was getting into four, five, six years ago as I walked into this process. I knew it was the next step I wanted to take into a leadership role. And then, bang, I get elected. And 30 days later, we have COVID and the world shuts down and we change from four or five meetings a year to 57 meetings over the next two years because of all the things that we were experiencing. So it's a very fluctuating position in which as we walk through this, we have to know that those people that are that are elected are ready to take on all the responsibilities of this. And so therefore, just like what you're doing with it being very, very much equal across the board, we want each person to be able to feel that their voice has been heard, that they've stated what they feel they can do for the association. And we always want to make sure that all voices are being heard as much as possible. We never want to kind of squash a voice on any level. And so in this way, when we're looking through this and coming up with the candidates this year, I think you're going to really find that the association is extremely well represented across many avenues and across many borders that's going to bring United Soccer Coaches together. And we feel that the three candidates that were selected are people that are very much the kind of, for lack of better words, reach across the aisle kind of people. And nobody's ever going to see eye to eye perfectly when this deal. I mean, the board of directors is a phenomenal group of people that I work with. But that doesn't mean that every day is rainbows and unicorns. I mean, we get after it sometimes and we have to because we're all passionate about one thing and that's this association. And so that's exciting about these group, this group of people that we've put together for this nomination. Speaking of the passion for the association, Rusty, since I asked this to the three people running, again, you will hear from all three after this interview is over. Let me also ask you, what does United Soccer Coaches mean to Rusty Oglesby? United Soccer Coaches was the piece of a puzzle I never knew that it was missing. I had an incredibly gracious and fun career in high school and coaching and 
achieved anything that could have ever wanted to achieve as an adult um, and as a professional. And then this came along and this opportunity to serve and give back to the association for free. I mean, this is a volunteer position. We don't get paid a dime for being here and being a part of flying all over the country and, and all the different meetings that we have to be a part of. It's just incredible to see what it's done for me. It's opened up doors for me in the world of not only education, but in taking care of my family. My wife is still a high school soccer coach. I know that when I walk into a room, I'm, I'm breathing life into thoughts that she and I've had about the game. And that's, that's incredible. And to think, you know, after becoming friends with such great people as Shellis Heinemann and Jack Heichel and Ralph Polson and man, man, the list goes on and on, right? Joe Cummings, to know those people are on speed dial for me is just so humbling. To know that people that, that paved the pathway for me to be where I'm at today, who gave me a chance through soccer camps when I was a young coach that one day became dear friends that helped me get elected to this position. United Soccer Coaches has literally, quite literally changed my life and the trajectory of anything that I ever thought I would achieve in life. So in your own words, Rusty, why is it so important to the association that everyone that can vote does indeed vote? Well, I think it goes back to I'm a, I'm a diehard American person, right? And I believe that voting is absolutely one of the most beneficial <laughs> and patriotic things you can do. And I think doing it for our association, it's the exact same thing. If you want the association to be about what the, the association is, which is about our coaches, then we want the voice of the coaches to be heard. So if you choose not to vote, it's hard for you to have a voice, in my opinion. You're trying to rely on the person that you've cast your vote for to be the voice for you in the room, in the boardroom, to work on the, the different things, along with the CEO, to come up with the, the next strategic plans of what our association is going to do in the next 5, 10, 15 years. So if that's the case... Then, then I would think I would want to make time to vote for that person that I feel would be the best in the things that I felt were important for my association. By doing it the way we've done it, the three people that we've brought to the table have an incredible, incredible value and understanding of what the association's about. I think it's a great testament to these folks that, that, that their voice be heard. And, and then when people vote, they're giving the, the right of these three people to have a voice in the boardroom. And I think that's important for those three people. Finally, before we meet those three people right here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast and say goodbye and thank you to Rusty Oglesby, any last words, sir? Just thank you for everybody that's out there, a part of our association that gives us the opportunity. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to grow in this position. A dear friend of mine, Peter Brody, runs the Borussia Dortmund Club here in Dallas, Texas, he used to always say this, we don't always get it right, but we sure know how to, to work to get it right, right? So we're going to make mistakes along the way. We're not perfect. We're just human beings in this role. But I can guarantee you this, nobody in the world's more passionate than the people on the board of directors for making sure our association's done right. And we're just thrilled at the direction and the path that we're going. And we just love that, uh, that we get to present these three people now to the association to be voted on as candidates. And I'm very thrilled and excited to see who our new president's going to be coming out of this vote. That's what we'll do next. But first, we'll once again say thank you to Rusty Oglesby. Thank you, Rusty. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate you, brother. And with that, back on December 16 of 2022, the United Soccer Coaches Elections and Nominations Committee was proud to announce the three candidates for the vice president position to serve on the board of directors. They are Sarah Dwyershik from Beacon, New York, Mike Lynch from Charlotte, North Carolina, and Kendall Reyes from Boiling Springs, South Carolina. That was the order they were interviewed, and that is the order that you will hear them. Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. 
when we return after these messages. This is Dean Linky, host of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and I want to remind you that it's not too late to register for the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. From January 11th through the 15th, connect with your soccer coaching community and enhance your resume at the Can't Miss event of 2023. Attend more than 200 education sessions taught by world-class instructors in addition to socials, meal functions, award ceremonies, and a huge exhibit hall offering the latest in coaching tech, equipment, and so much more. And don't forget to stop by and say hello to all of us on Podcast Row. I'll see you at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. As mentioned earlier by Rusty Oglesby on the board of directors for United Soccer Coaches, United Soccer Coaches Elections and Nomination Committee proudly announced three candidates on December 16, 2022 for the vice president position to serve on the board of directors. Those candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting opened on January 2nd, 2023. The voting process is done by a third-party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 9th, 2023 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 2nd. You can learn more about the candidates by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org or more importantly, by listening right here. Once again, the three candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. Up first, Sarah Dwyershik. My name is Sarah Dwyershik, and I'm running for the United Soccer Coaches Board, mainly because it's been a huge part of my coaching career and a huge part of my coaching life. And I, from my first convention as a wide-eyed college senior looking for a job with the job board, the paper job board back then. So I'm hoping that over the next bit, you get to know a little bit more about me. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. I'm a Title IX baby. I grew up with more opportunities than my mom, but fewer opportunities than I see the girls have now, which is amazing. Through coaching, like most of us, we've traveled, we've worked with different people from different backgrounds. And in doing that, what really struck me is some of the differences, but also similarities. And that's kind of where the Sports Bra Project for me came from, is the ability to work with groups and address sport for social good. So whether we're working with an organization in India that's providing soccer opportunities, but using them to talk about child marriage, or whether we're giving to a sports bra program in New York City with first generation immigrant populations. These are all things that I think come from my background of being only one in the room at times, or one of a few women in the room. And I think that recognition you know, really hits home to me on the gender side, but on the other side of it, I really think that opportunity in sports, soccer is a game for everyone. So with that in mind, I think that's how I approach everything. And that's how the Sports Bra Project really grew was to provide opportunities to play, but also leadership opportunities. And I think, you know, it's a model that can probably be translated with a different piece of equipment to different organizations and different groups. So my background really was informed from playing in high school and college and then coaching for probably that first half of my career at the college level and then shifting to the youth side. 
having worked with higher level players, I'm now a director with a recreational program and seeing opportunities for kids who play once a week and that's their soccer experience. Um, so I think all of those things, having some opportunities, but also knowing that there's more out there and seeing other groups and individuals in the same sort of similar situations and, and similar experiences where they don't always feel welcomed into a room when they're the only one. I think that's really informed how I approach coaching as well as how I would approach the board position. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I think that would be in connection building. Um, having the breadth of experience that I do, I like to find commonalities. Using the Sports Bar Project as an example, we're working with a group, Alaska Girls Wrestling. I don't wrestle. Younger me might have liked to. Older me thinks that's painful. But talking to the woman who runs the program, there are a lot of similarities within what they're experiencing. It's a, She works primarily with Indigenous populations and very low-income communities. So hearing from her where some of the similarities to what I see with girls and other underrepresented groups in New York, it's neat to see where those overlap. But it's also interesting to see the differences. I'm talking with her a few weeks ago she mentioned that they have a huge population of hispanic girls that wrestle and we don't have that in the women's game in soccer and to me that's fascinating how can we use these networks to grow the game in areas that we haven't and strengthen areas that we've been working on what one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board uh, take a deep breath i think would be my first response um working on strengthening connections within the soccer community. I think sometimes we get stuck in our silos and we work fully focused on what our mission is and what drives us and being able to sort of combine missions to make things easier. But that would be my first step is to kind of try to feel out, explore different areas that I might not have been in and communities I might not have been in and find common ground and find ways to push forward with an inclusive governance that is more representative of the membership. Because um, I think we still have a governance that doesn't always look like the membership. Um, and that's not just United Soccer Coaches. That's across sports in the U.S. So that's finding those common grounds where we can build that and the input from di diverse groups to me is it's the fascinating thing. As I said, the similarities and the differences are often striking. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? It has been a big part of, I think, my coaching career from that first opportunity to look for a job at the convention to a network that you get to meet in person. We're often scattered during the year and the opportunity to come back together and meet in person and, you know, kind of cross networks is that has been very important to me, as has it sort of grounded me with the education piece of it and furthering conversations, whether it's education at the convention, taking courses, um, education through webinars. Those are all pieces that I think make United Soccer Coaches really unique, that the fact that it has so many represents from the rec level, the TOPS programs all the way through elite programs and professional programs, and being able to draw on that network to me has been incredible and learn from them. My name is Sarah Dwyershik and I would appreciate your vote for the Board of Directors and appreciate that if anyone would like to reach out between now and then with questions, you can reach me on social media at SDShik. You've just met Sarah Dwyershik. Up next, you'll meet Mike Lynch, followed by Kendall Rays after these messages. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. 
Additionally, successful candidates will achieve level one accreditation as an applied performance analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the master course schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. As mentioned earlier by Rusty Oglesby on the board of directors for United Soccer Coaches, the United Soccer Coaches Elections and Nomination Committee proudly announced three candidates on December 16, 2022 for the vice president position to serve on the board of directors. Those candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting opened on January 2nd, 2023. The voting process is done by a third-party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 9th, 2023 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 2nd. You can learn more about the candidates by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org or more importantly, by listening right here. Once again, the three candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. We've already heard from Sarah Dwyershik. We will later hear from Kendall Reyes. Up now is Mike Lynch. My name is Mike Lynch, and I am running for the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors to help make United Soccer Coaches the preeminent soccer coaching association in the world. Building teams and developing leaders is my passion, my life's work. As a junior military officer, healthcare industry leader, and soccer coach, I committed to do my best, always leading with integrity. United Soccer Coaches, as our professional association, seeks to grow the game to pursue excellence and continuous improvement in our coaches and players to seek the best knowledge and research in our field. This is why I'm running. A board member leading with a laser focus on all things soccer, coaching, and the players we serve. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. Growing up a military brat and moving all around the U.S., sports played a key role in my well-being, my background in the game. The moves also introduced me to soccer and numerous stellar coaches with vastly different playing styles and philosophies. Argentina, England, Germany, that opened my eyes to the beautiful game, the world's game, turning me into a soccer junkie. I played college soccer at the United States Air Force Academy under Lou Sagastume and Charlie Straw, two pillars in the United Soccer Coaches community. Got my A coaching license in 1992 while I was coaching at Air Force, and in 2010 earned my U.S. Soccer National Youth License and United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma. I've coached girls and boys club ball, boys high school, girls and boys ODP, and women's and men's college at Division I, Division II, and Division III. Since 2011, I coached the women's team at Belmont Abbey College and NCAA Division II school in North Carolina. I've attended four Women's World Cups, two Men's World Cups, and yes, I will be in Australia, New Zealand this summer. Still forever, the soccer junkie. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? The area of, uh, of our association that I feel I can be a positive influence is leadership to help make United Soccer Coaches the preeminent soccer coaches association in the world. People come first, mission never comes second, sportsmanship and ethics always. Do our actions demonstrate commitment to both the point and purpose of sport? Do our actions show we care about the safety and well-being of all our stakeholders? Do our actions build trust in our members? 
as a R&D project manager in the Air Force, I was responsible for the cost, schedule, performance, and logistics supportability of aircraft and missile weapon systems. If over budget, we don't have a program. If behind schedule, no program. If our maintainers can't support the aircraft in the field, there's no program. Similarly, if coaches are not accountable for positive player experiences, greater female coach participation, safe heading practices, et cetera, the game does not grow, our players remain in harm's way, a top-down failure in leadership. People always come first, mission never comes second, pursue sportsmanship and ethics always to help make United Soccer Coaches the preeminent soccer coaching association in the world. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? In an activity chosen by parents and kids to grow physically, mentally, and help develop character, we must lead the way and raise the bar on sportsmanship and ethics. Sadly, sportsmanship and ethics have become the exception, not the expectation. On game day, we have coaches chirping every call, players crowding and chest-bumping refs, parents fighting in the parking lot, constant tactical fouling, stopping great counters. At training and incidents off the field, the negative and tolerating behaviors exposed in the Yates report, and in too many other cases around the world, such as the Afghanistan FA, is an indictment on our profession and, and by extension by all professional coaching associations, including our United Soccer Coaches. Yes, FIFA and U.S. soccer must step up to address these challenges. However, it is us, the coaches, who are in the most influential position to make immediate positive impact. Thus, we must take the lead. The players will follow the lead of their coach. The parents will follow the lead of their coach. Our game will follow the lead of the coaches. Can our high school and college team ethics and sportsmanship awards get greater participation? Can we make this a priority in every program? Can the ethics and sportsmanship award be expanded to our youth club team? The bottom line is coaches are in the driver's seat and have the keys to deliver the quickest, most effective solution in creating a safe, positive experience for all involved in the game. Sportsmanship and ethics matters. Sportsmanship and ethics always. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Passion, love, joy, service. Play's passing reminded us of the powerful influence soccer has on the world. The soccer ball immediately bridges language, culture, age, religion. United Soccer Coaches brings us together too. The central gathering point for soccer coaches. At a coaching course in 1991, Anson Dorrance made time to personally share his competitive cauldron ladders with me. At a 95 convention meal, Paul Rockwood showed me his flat back four defending scheme using sugar packets all around the table. While living in, the, in Omaha, Nebraska, Kelly Lindsay joined us for a backyard pickup soccer game, sharing her time and skills with my kids. This is our game's culture. This is our association's culture. It is what we do, pouring into our fellow coaches and our players. This is why I'm running to serve on the board, to grow the game, to improve the game, to lead the game, to become the preeminent soccer coaching association in the world. My name is Mike Lynch, and I would appreciate your vote because I will keep a laser focus on all things soccer, coaching, and the players we serve. To grow the game, to improve the game, to lead the game, to help make United Soccer Coaches the preeminent soccer coaching association in the world. For more information on myself or how to vote, go to votemikelynch.com. Thank you for the opportunity to serve United Soccer Coaches. You just met Mike Lynch. Earlier, you met Sarah Dwyershik. Up next, you'll meet Kendall Reyes. 
United Soccer Coaches' advanced diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. As mentioned earlier by Rusty Oglesby on the board of directors for United Soccer Coaches, the United Soccer Coaches Elections and Nomination Committee proudly announced three candidates on December 16, 2022 for the vice president position to serve on the board of directors. Those candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. The United Soccer Coaches Board of Director election voting opened on January 2nd, 2023. The voting process is done by a third-party service to ensure integrity. Personalized ballots will be sent via email to every full member in good standing of United Soccer Coaches. A repeat ballot will be sent again on Monday, January 9th, 2023 for those who did not vote using the ballot emailed on January 2nd. You can learn more about the candidates by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org or more importantly, by listening right here. Once again, the three candidates are Sarah Dwyershik, Mike Lynch, and Kendall Reyes. We've already heard from Sarah Dwyershik. We've already heard from Mike Lynch. Now we hear from Kendall Reyes. My name is Kendall Reyes, and I'm running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors because it's a fantastic opportunity to be at the pinnacle of the leadership pyramid within the association. I have served in the association for many, many years in different capacities and serving on the board will allow me that platform, that biggest platform to be able to really have a broad impact across the association, not just in the smaller pockets that I worked before, but I'll be able to impact the association on a broadest scale. Give us your 60-second elevator speech as it relates to your background in the game. I've been a player originally from Trinidad and Tobago, so I played the game as a youth, and then I moved to the U.S. on a soccer scholarship. I played at Francis Marion University as a four-year captain there, two-time all-conference player. I also became an assistant coach at Francis Marion University while I worked on my master's degree. I have a lot of experience in the game as a coach. I worked with some of the best and the brightest in the game. And then when I became a member of the association back in 1997, I really began to grow. So I've coached college, I've coached youth club, um, Olympic development at the state level, regional level. I'm the owner, founder of uh, one of the first two UPSL teams on the East Coast, which gave me an opportunity to provide some different playing situations for, for the Hispanic community in particular. I've coached just about everywhere and anywhere. As a coach educator, I've done a lot of work with the association over the years, uh, both domestic and international. I've been to the Caribbean and, and uh, the African continent, just teaching the game and mentoring a lot of people. So I have a broad, diverse background in the game, and I've worked with both male and female players a lot. So my extensive background is what I bring to the table. What area of the association do you think you can influence the most on the board? I think across the board, the membership is what I'm really focused on. I've done a lot of work in advocacy 
and I worked across those advocacy lines, working with uh, obviously with the Black Coaches Group, but I work with the Latino group. I've been a little bit involved with the faith-based coaches as well too. I do their mentorship program for coaches there. But across the board, there's some things I'm really interested in doing as a board member to see how I can really impact the general membership. So not any one specific area. What one thing would you try and do immediately if you were elected to the board? So having thought about this question a lot, I recognize that today there's a lot of emphasis on player care and coaches care. And when I think about our membership package or benefits package, I think this is an area that I would be very, very focused on in looking at ways we can enhance the membership benefits. There's a lot of growing concern just nationwide about people's financial stability and and access to certain resources. So I'm a financial executive. And um, one of the things that I do is I recognize within our coaching fraternity, there's still a lot of our coaches out there who don't have insurance, you know, with their clubs and, and don't have financial planning and those things. So I would look at an area where we could help improve the member benefits. That would be my main focus. What does the United Soccer Coaches mean to you? Uh, I don't know if we have enough time, Dean. I've been a member for 24 years, but I'll tell you that uh, based on my experiences, the level of camaraderie in this association has been unimaginable. Being embraced across the board because you're involved in coaching education, which is where I really got active. And uh, every time we teach a course, I've developed these friendships, these, these long-lasting friendships that, that are like brothers, right? So, And then being embraced by, by people who, when you look at them and you see Peter Gooding or you see a Jeff Tippin and those guys, and you see them at a certain level, but they put their arms around you as a, as a young coaching educator and say, hey, job well done, a pat on the back. And then they want to know about you on a personal level, you know, who you are, your family. So that camaraderie is inexplicable. The mentorship, the support, the development, the growth, all of those things that come as part and parcel of the association, I would say it means the world to me, having been afforded some of the experiences some of the opportunities that I've had over my my 24-year membership with the association. Again, my name is Kendall Rez, and I'd appreciate your vote because I have the experience. I've been with the association. I've served in many, many different capacities, and I would love to continue serving from a board level so that I can really continue to make an impact to the entire membership. Thank you. That was Kendall Rez. You heard from Sarah Dwyershik. And you heard from Mike Lynch. Now it is time to vote. As we close out the show, thinking about the vote for board of directors, we go back to the training ground and meet one of the content creators on the training ground, Julie Balki from the Balki Group. She has just submitted an article for this month called Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. A great article, and Julie will break it down in our final segment after this message. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? 
If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. As we wish everybody a happy new year, just one week away from the convention. The training ground will go on through the convention and beyond. It was started in September and it has been great. Part of the reason it's been great is because our content creators have been great. That includes Julie Balki from the Balki Group. You can find her at thebalkigroup.com. That's spelled B-A-U-K-E group.com. Make your work life matter is her important message. She just submitted another article. This one released this month. It's called Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. I look forward to breaking down this article with Julie. And Julie is here with me now. Welcome, Julie. Thanks. Glad to be back. Yeah, Julie, Happy New Year. I understand you had an exciting uh, few days off. Let's get caught up on your little trip. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The kids and I and their and their partners went to we went to Eastern Europe, started in Budapest and ended up close to Prague and Munich. And uh, yeah, it was it was a wonderful trip. But boy, that's um, that's a couple of long flights back to back. I think it took me the entire weekend of sleeping to catch up and start feeling human again. But I do. So that's good news for you. <laughs> well, that's good news for our listeners as well. You always bring so much energy and I do appreciate it. So again, the article that you've submitted for the training ground is called Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. I'll read the first couple sentences. It says, if you are in a position of any responsibility, you'll be asked to hire someone for an open role or at the very least be part of an interviewing team. And like anything in life, you will get better at it the more you do it, which means, well, at first, you will likely suck at it. That's how you open up. I, I like, Julie, how you always just call it like it is. <laughs> I actually remember the first time I ever interviewed, I went, I substituted for someone and went on a college campus and did a day of interviews with 22, you know, with these 22-year-olds, and I was maybe 23, 24. I'm pretty sure it was a horrible experience for all of them because I was so nervous. And we we forget, we don't take a planful approach to hiring, which is why as in most parts of life, you're going to get less than the result you want if you don't step back, think about it, and ask yourself and get perfect clarity, what am I looking for? What do I have to have in this position? And it's a different answer depending on what you're interviewing, who you're interviewing, and what you're interviewing for. And so that's what I always say is you've got to start there. What are the criteria? I mean, if you don't start out with a set of, here's what I'm really looking for, here are my must-haves, here are my nice to have, here are my don't wants, then you end up sort of devolving into, well, he seemed nice, she seemed nice, we went to the same college, we were in the same sorority. Oh, okay, that's good enough for me. And so we then, it falls back to our gut feel. And frankly, when it comes to hiring, your gut feel is just not all that, not all that reliable. So good hiring starts with a plan. Well, and you say here, the good news is interviewing is a skill you can certainly develop. And you start by saying, be crystal clear about what you are looking for. Can you dive into that? Yeah. So let's say you're a head coach and you're looking to hire an assistant and you look around and you say, okay, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of qualified assistant coach and assistant coach candidates out there. Of course, 
And the trick is to decide what are the qualities and the experiences they must have. Let's say that you know, as a head coach, um, one of your challenges is relating to 21-year-olds. You work at it, but it's not a natural gift for you. You might decide that one of your core hiring criteria is someone who has experience working with college-age kids and who has a natural ease with them. You might be a really killer recruiter, and so you may not have recruiting as one of the top skills you're looking for. So figure out what do you, what do you bring to the table? What do you have? And then what are your flat spots? What are the things that you need to build out in your coaching staff and then build your, your process around that? So start with the end in mind. It's like any project. I always say, take paper to pencil, whatever, however you do this and write down, what does my perfect candidate look like? What kind of experience has he or she had? Um, how, what, what, what has been their career path? What are their strengths? What are they great at? What are some of the things they need to develop? If they've got an area they need to develop, but you've got somebody on your staff who's fantastic at it, that's great because you've just created a development opportunity for two people, one the developer and one the developee, and, you're, and you are, you've made the role a little more enticing because we all want to develop. So figure out, but you've got to be realistic, okay? So a lot of times we're so like, oh no, I'm good at everything. No, you're not. So sometimes it's just starting with saying, what are the things that we are lacking as a coaching staff? And what do we need, what do we need to look for? So when you go to the grocery store without a list, you know you're not going to bring home everything that you were supposed to bring home. So think of it as an analogy for that. Start with the end in mind. What does your ideal candidate look like? What does your perfect 10 candidate look like? It doesn't mean you're going to get a 10, but if you don't start with your 10, being able to accurately describe and explain your 10, you might end up with a four um, because you aren't clear about what a wildly successful hire looks like. So when you start with that in mind, and maybe you want to get input from other people in your team, other people in the athletic department, maybe some of your team captains, what do you think we really need? What do you think are the top three to five qualities and experience sets? that this assistant coach needs to have. And you can apply this to any position. Once you figure out what ideal looks like, then you start to measure to it. If you don't do that, someone who's, you know, you might find somebody who's a four and somebody who's a six, but the six is still a six, but they look so much better than the four because they're not a four. And that's where we end up with what I call the cream of the crap. You end up with less than you could have because you weren't smart about it. You just did the, let's just bring a bunch of people in and uh, you know, I'll know it when I see it. And that just, I, I've seen that. What happens is because you don't wanna slow down and take the time to do hiring right. When you make hiring mistakes, you will certainly spend that time that you didn't wanna waste on um, developing um, or uh, development plans coaching the person about what they're not doing well, potentially building a case to let them go. So pay, you know, you're going to have to pay by using time either way. So start up front, be planful. At least you will get closer to what you've decided is an ideal candidate for that job. 
You're hearing the passion of Julie Balke with the training ground, also with the Balke Group. You can check her out at thebalkegroup.com, B-A-U-K-E. Her article, again, is Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. You talked about trying to look for that perfect 10, and then you say, think about hiring as a GPS. You put in your destination, and you follow the best, most efficient path to get there. If the ability to recruit effectively is a must-have for you, then you must ask great questions to get the candidate's ability and experience. You have examples of great questions and bad questions. It's not as simple as just saying, okay, I am now envisioning my perfect candidates. I know the description. And then you put it in your head and they appear before you. Uh, I do believe that happens more often when you do know what you're looking for, but then you've got to ask the right question. So let's take an example. Let's say you're looking for somebody who is just a really talented recruiter. They've got those influencing skills, those people skills. They know how to bring people in authentically and you know get them really engaged in the culture at the organization. So you don't ever do is say, are you a good recruiter? Because no one's going to say, no, I'm not. I kind of suck at it. Very few people are going to say that. And so we call that a leading question. Are you a good interviewer? I mean, sorry, are you a good recruiter? Yes, yes, I am. Because you've, you have sent to me, you have let me know that that's what you care about. And because I want this job, I'm going to say anything to get it. You don't want to be in that position. Instead, one of the, one of the best ways to interview is what we call behavioral interviewing, where you ask for things that happened before today. Okay, so think about it. Are you a good recruiter? Yes, I am. There's no story there. How would you handle this situation? Those can be valuable questions, like a how would you, could you? Sort of uh, giving people scenarios and let them talk through it. But let's take a really good example. Tell me about a time when you landed a recruit that no one thought you could land. Tell me about a time when you had to develop a recruiting philosophy that some people in your department didn't agree with. How did you handle it? Do you see where the answers to those questions are so much more powerful than are you a good recruiter? Because then when they tell you about their recruiting strategy, you get a chance to listen to it and say, would that work here? Would that work in this environment? Or is this a culture mismatch? In other words, was he or she too heavy handed? And that would be a disaster here, but it maybe it was okay at his last organization. So you get, you get to evaluate the answer based on your organization and what you're looking for. And when people have to tell stories, it's so much harder to make it up because they generally think they did the right thing. You then say, remember, this is a two-way street. Candidates need a job, obviously, but the reason you're interviewing and hiring is that you and your organization need help. So both sides have needs. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, um, it's really common uh, to think that because you are the hiring person or organization that you hold all the cards. And maybe that used to be the case. I'm sure that if you work for a, you know, a very, very, very uh, prestigious organization, you do probably hold more cards than someone who doesn't. So there's some, some truth in there. But remember, you know, good people have choices. They have options. They, they get to pick if they interview at three schools. One of the things we tell our clients is, yes, listen to everything that's said, evaluate it against what you're looking for, but also pay attention to your gut. Does it feel like they're saying something, but 
it, it, it does it feel false to you? Um, I've had people be on um, panel interviews where it really seemed like the people interviewing them couldn't stand each other. You have to pay attention to those things. And so if you are this fantastic, highly regarded, gold-plated organization, there is much, there is often an arrogance that can come along with that, meaning we have our pick. Why should we talk to you from this little D3 school? But that is, you know, do that at your own peril. It is dangerous. You need to be selling. You need to think about not only what am I looking for in this organization, but why would somebody come here? And it's not just because we're Duke. You know, it's not just because of this. It's because um, here's what we offer. And so this, this thought that I hold all the power, I have this job you want, beg for it, beg for it. And what happens as a result of that is people are treated less professionally during the process. So if I'm one of six people a, a prestigious school wants to talk to, and they're just sort of like, yeah, well, I know we, well, we were going to interview him today. Shoot, I forgot to call him. And we said we'd get back to him by Monday. Crap, it's Friday. We didn't do that, did we? Happens all the time, like all the time. You are risking that your number one candidate out of that pool of six has already looked at the way they're being treated through the recruiting process and said, no, thank you. It's not going to get any better after you're hired. You have to pay attention to how you're treated through the process. Well, and a lot of that is pointed out in your last sort of subtitle that says communicate, communicate, communicate. And Julie, what I like best about these two paragraphs is kind of what you just talked about the fact that the company that is hiring also needs to communicate because they don't want to leave a bad taste. Yeah, exactly. And, and we don't, you know, we don't think about that. When we're thinking in terms of, oh my gosh, 50 people applied for this job. If we forget to get back at all of them, yeah, no big deal. When we're when we're looking again, they'll all they'll all um apply again. Not so much. I mean, if you if an organization treats you poorly through the process, they will tell people about it. They will say, can you believe it? They never got back to me. I was coaching a young woman who was applying for an assistant manager role at um, an SEC school. And um, they interviewed her for 15 minutes and never got back with her. Never said boo ever again. I'm like, wow. Um, I mean, that leaves you feeling defeated. It leaves you feeling like you don't have anything to offer. It's just incredibly rude. I mean, people do have a hard time giving bad news. It's hard to say, you know, we move in another direction. And so the attitude of, well, I guess she'll figure it out when we never call her back is short-sighted, unprofessional, rude, and it will come back to bite you in the rear. Um, especially if you're in a, you know, in a, in a small, in your sector, in your um industry in your sector, like if you worked only in banking in Cleveland or, you know, the word gets around. Don't go, go, don't go interview at that bank. They jerked two of my friends around so much that they eventually told them to pound sand. I mean, you, this is the kind of conversation that's going to go on and you'll never know about it. And so we've got to start thinking because especially this younger generation, they're not afraid. You know, when Elon Musk pounded his fist on his desk and said, get back in the office, <laughs> a lot of his younger workers said, yeah, I don't think so. And they went and found other jobs within a day or two. So it's not, you're not, this is a different generation. It really has to be more of a collaboration. I want to make the right decision for my organization, but I also want you to make the right decision for you. Because if we hire you and six months in, you're like, this is nothing. What you told me it was going to be, they're going to quit. And so you don't want that. That hurts your credibility. 
Julie, you're a great writer and an even better interview. The name of the article is Hire with Confidence and Get Better Results. Remind everybody, this is Julie Balke. You can check her out at the Balke Group, B-A-U-K-E group.com, where she, in big bold letters, says, make your work life matter. Put a bow on it for me if people heard nothing else but your final comment right here. Hire with confidence and get better results. Start with the end in mind. Start visualizing that ideal candidate and then go back and write behavior-based questions designed to get at whether they really are your ideal candidate or not. And don't ever make a decision on your own. You want a team and then listen listen to each other. But good hirings like anything, start with the end in mind. And I'll see you in a few weeks. We will indeed see Julie at the convention in Philadelphia. Make sure you find her. What a great person to have as part of the Training Ground. I want to thank Jeff Van Dusen and Dave Simeone and all the great people that are involved in the Training Ground. It's been so much fun, almost weekly, to have somebody featured talking about the Training Ground. Of course, today's show was primarily focused on the three amazing candidates running for Board of Directors of United Soccer Coaches. I hope you enjoyed meeting all three of those fine people, and you can learn more by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org, and I encourage all of you to vote. Finally, I want to thank all the great people at United Soccer Coaches, especially Bailey Conklin and Brandon Milburn. I want to thank my producer, Colin Thrash. And for each and every one of you and all of United Soccer Coaches, I wish all of you a great and glorious 2023. I will also see you at the convention, and I'll see you here next week for a special Wednesday release of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. It'll be the United Soccer Coaches Convention Podcast Edition. And that will be brought to you on Wednesday, January 11th. Until then, have a great week, everybody. I'm Dean Linke saying thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Lee Gaps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about Lee Gaps, find them at leagueapps.com or as Lee Gaps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.